One Control Report Podcast, episode 128. I'm Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about video games. Uh, per per usual, lately I have not been playing a lot of games. Still, well, I've been playing games, but not in a, a significant uh, amount to really talk about them too much. Usually for other things that I'm working on. So, if I sit here and talk about it, it kind of nulls the fact of me talking about it later. Um, but, but yeah, I've just been kind of jumping around on a, on a handful of things. Um, what I did play, uh, last weekend, but I didn't post cause of the other podcast. Um, I, I went and played through journey with a, with a, a friend. Um, they, they said they want to try to meet up in the game, which if you don't know in journey, that's kind of the old, like, uh, I think it's that game company is the developer, uh, their actual name is that game company. Um, and uh, basically, it's like you explore this desert and ruins and stuff uh, as this little, like, uh, I guess, like, covered up scarf kind of guy. Um, and it's pretty much like just a walking simulator, I guess you could call it. You just kind of walk around. There's some basic puzzle solving and, and platforming, but nothing really that actually gets in your way or anything like that. And uh, the whole thing is that they don't really want you playing with your friends like directly they want you to like dynamically match him with other players and um and meet people who you can't really communicate with you can kind of like you know make these little noises at each other it's like kind of thing but um it's you can't actually uh like see their username until the very end of the the game or 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 communicate them with it directly and if and if they get too far away from you they just kind of disappear from your game and you can't choose who you join a game with um, so, but we, we tried to pair up and we were successful for probably about like 20 to 30% of the game. Uh, but then, uh, we got separated at some point and we never saw each other again for the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, but it was kind of interesting cause we, we were trying to, you know, get matched up with each other. So we were very much keeping in pace with each other, even though we were playing completely separate games and kind of communicating back and forth. Like, Oh, I see this. I can go do this. Okay. Here's, Oh, here's these little like scarf collectible you can get. You can get it here and, and like trying to direct the other person and stuff like that. So it was actually kind of interesting to play it that way. Um, but obviously that's not like a, a normal experience where we were literally trying to circumvent <laughs> the experience that the game gave you. Um, I will say that, that the story of Journey, which I mean, that's kind of the whole thing is like, yeah, it's not a, much of a game. You know, it's a, it's a, it's an artistic showpiece more than anything else. Um, and, and, you know, it looks, it looks nice. Like it was a PS3 game and it still looks great on a PS4. Uh, but I, I like story wise, I just don't really, I mean, I'm sure there was probably a bunch of subtext stuff that I missed, but it more or less just seemed like, oh no, technology's bad and killed everybody or something like that. Rest in peace. Like it's, and like, I guess that's technically a spoiler, but like, that's kind of every other video game. <laughs> so like, like if, if, if you have a video with technology and it chances are they're going to say it's bad and you shouldn't do it. Uh, it's like about as common as saying the church is bad <laughs> in a JRPG. It's like, Oh no, by the way, the Bishop's evil. It's like, okay, that sounds about right. So, so yeah, so it was fine. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't love it. It was, it was fine enough. 
I don't really get the hype of it, but it also came out a long time ago. So, you know, back then, what a, a, a downloadable only game was, was quite a bit different. You know, you'd had different expectations. I mean, people would, would rate games differently if they were downloadable content. I think they were like downloadable games of the year and stuff like that, that some websites would have that were separate from actual game of the year. Um, just because the expectations of what you were getting was was so different. So, yeah, it was it was fine. Uh, and then, like I said last week, I got my Toro VGA box. So I I had that last week, but I finally got the SCART cable for it. Um, or not last week, but the week before that. So I finally got the SCART cable for it. So I was finally able to hook my Dreamcast up to my Framemeister and uh, do 480p, which I was actually surprised. I played through basically every Dreamcast game I have. Uh, the exception is my Card Captors game because that disc actually won't read. I think it's, I think it's a combination of both my disc drive and my my Dreamcast not doing as well as it used to and also maybe something with the disc although i've looked at the disc and the disc looks fine so i don't know what is causing the problem uh, it's also an import game so i had to like launch it through another boot disc so maybe there's some issue there i don't know anyways so i basically played every uh dreamcast game i had just got a little bit of footage for each of it just kind of checked it out i just wanted to see like you know how these games looked um and and you know it's really nice and clean and it, it, it was cool to see because like you know, 480p is something I'm used to for GameCube and Xbox. PS2, you do have some games that are 480p, but I think it's less likely. Although, honestly, due to the, the sheer size of the PS2's library, it might end up being the, the more progressive scan games on PS2 and Xbox versus or PS2 versus GameCube and Xbox. So, but yeah, so I was really impressed, and it's like it's really great to see those games so clearly and uh the box i got is a toro box and it also does rgb supposedly but i had no reason to use it uh basically well so the one one case that i did need to use it was the boot disc i used to launch japanese games so first kiss story first kiss story 2 um and uh tried that card captors game uh the actual boot disc can't run in vga mode so i have to switch it to rgb and then switch it back to to uh VGA, but it's just like it's it's pretty dang close. It's a little like more distorted on like the RGB, or maybe not distorted, but maybe a little blurrier when I use RGB. But um, you know, with uh, maybe it's like so slight, I, I I don't know if I could even really tell. Um, but yeah, it looks really nice and clean. I was, I had a great time like revisiting a lot of games that I that I used to play a lot and and checking out some games I really haven't like spent a lot of time on. Like I've bought a handful of Dreamcast games over the years that I spent like five minutes on. I was like, oh yeah, that's a video game. Um, and it was like, I will eventually play this. And sure enough, I, I have not eventually played them yet. <laughs> um, and just like getting to revisit those and be like, yeah, this game's still cool. I, re I still really need to sit down and play through this. So, so yeah, maybe at some point and in, in, in the future, we'll, we'll, we'll start playing some more Dreamcast games here. Um, the, the one thing I was surprised by, uh, if you're a long time, <laughs> long time one control report podcast listener, at least for this year, you would know that first kiss story is a, a thing, <laughs> um, a thing with me. So, so it's like a Japanese visual novel. I don't know if, how much I want to really explain what it is. I don't know. Like it could always be your first episode, but it's basically a Japanese visual novel that is developed by this company that I follow. Um, and so there's first kiss story, the original one that they ported to the Dreamcast because it's originally a PC, PCFX game. Uh, and then, so the Dreamcast version runs at a higher resolution, everything. It uses the assets from the PlayStation 1 port that happened a while back ago. I don't know what resolution the PS1 port runs at. I don't know if it's like a 240p thing or what. So, so it just looks really nice and I could run, I could run first kiss story in 480p. So that's probably the best I'll ever see for first kiss story running without, you know, running an emulator, but since it's all 2d graphics and stuff, like I really don't think an emulator would super benefit it that much, uh, in terms of, you know, better visual quality. 
Um, but yeah, so if you, but, but the thing is, is there's also a first kiss story too. And I've largely ignored first kiss story too, for the fact that Hunex didn't develop first kiss story too. As far as I can tell, it looks like they had basically no involvement. They, it looks like first kiss story was sold off to a company called broccoli and M2 developed or ported first kiss story one to dreamcast and then I think some other random developer worked on First Kiss Story 2. So First Kiss Story 1 was ported by M2. Other developer, I can't remember the name, worked on First Kiss Story 2 itself. Um, so it was the first time I ever actually booted up First Kiss Story 2. And I actually played through it. And I was I don't know if I was surprised. I don't know. I, I think I was surprised because... If you look at the first Kiss Story 2 promo materials and stuff, um, it, it's very much just focused on the new girls because obviously they're the ones that you're going to actually be dating in this game. And so they, you know, they're the core characters. But I was kind of surprised to see that it does take place in the same town. Um, and and those, those characters in the first game are there and they've been redrawn, uh, cleaned up a little bit. And, uh, and it looks, it looks nice. Um, obviously I don't know what, where they are like story-wise, but it seems like they're, they, they definitely have aged up since, uh, first kiss story one in, in that case. So it definitely seems very sequelish. I mean, I'm, you can't actually date any of them. I assume for the fact that, you know, it would break the canon or whatever canon there is in, uh, you know, first kiss story, considering you date 12 girls, uh, you know, like there's 12 different endings. So who knows what, um, but, I, but I was, I was surprised and I was kind of like happy to see that. And like, it made me more interested in first kiss story too. Uh, the problem being is that, uh, it's, I mean, again, it's not Tunex. So, so like in my brain, it's like, it's an interesting side path and I shouldn't let that, that much bother me, but it's like, I, I, I don't want to sit down and play through first kiss story too, at least no time in the near future. So I'm going to put it off for now, but I was pleasantly surprised i guess i kind of was thinking like you know i don't know like i would expect maybe because of the fact that you you would you wouldn't date the same girls from the previous game that they basically just created a whole new world that would be focused around the same themes um i think first kiss story is kind of uh i don't know it's kind of straightforward and simple and i think that was kind of like its brand so i wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of what it ended up being uh, or, or I wouldn't have been surprised if they just kind of tried to recreate that within, within like a different setting with different characters. So, so yeah. But anyways, that's a weird little thing. I forgot I had that little tirade to go on. I'll never talk about First Kiss Story two again, at least not anytime soon. First Kiss Story the OVA is the only real sequel to First Kiss Story because Hunex actually worked on it. Although Broccoli also worked on the First Kiss Story uh, OVA too. So I don't know. Whew. But yeah, that's kind of it for game stuff. I covered, filled half a podcast with it, so is it better than I expected? Uh, haven't been playing a ton of other stuff though, unfortunately. So we'll we'll get started back up here in a, in a bit after I get done with with a bunch of these articles and stuff I'm working on, or videos, videos and articles actually. Um, there's a handful of tra- trailers I saw this week. This week, some of these are going to be old, um, and some of them are really old because I missed them. But they're they're excited to they're exciting to talk about. Uh, the, there was a new trailer for Onichambara Origins, uh, I believe like a week or two ago. That game still looks really good. And I think I am going to buy Onichambara Origin. I was, I was debating not doing it because I kind of wanted to go back and play the PS2 version of the game, but that just, it, the game just looks really clean. And I, I think, you know, it's as somebody who hasn't played any other Onichambara games and probably shouldn't sit there and be like, I'm going to play these games in order. I probably should just play the, that latest release and it's an origin story. So obviously, you know, it's, it's. 
going to start from the beginning. So that's probably the best part for me to join back in. Um, who knows though? Like maybe, maybe everybody will hate it. Like people, I, there's like a weird segment of the Yakuza community that seem to not like the Kiwami games, particularly Kiwami two. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd say weird segment. It's just, there's a segment of that stuff. So it's always interesting to see like how, how people who are fans of the original feel about that kind of stuff. Um, and then also there's a, uh, there's a new Tokyo Ghoul trailer. Nothing really new there other than I just thought it looked cool. Although Tokyo Ghoul comes out in like five days, I think from, from when I'm recording this. Um, so, so, or like four days from when, when you'll hear this. And yeah, that game just still looks like a really fun beat em up. I'd really like to sit down and play it, but I, I just don't know if I'll get to it. I'm just, I'm kind of clogged up on games right now so any new games is kind of just gonna get in the way Shinmu 3 comes out soon by the way like i didn't even realize that <laughs> oh i don't know i don't know what to do about Shinmu. i really wanted to play through Shinmu 2 again but i'm just not gonna get around to it i don't know we'll see i'm i'm still trying to figure out what i want to do with Shinmu at this point i do really want to play Shinmu 3 but i don't know if i want to go into Shinmu 3 cold from being a decade out from playing Shinmu 1 and 2 you know um and here's the other thing that I want to talk about. This is the, um, this, yeah, I don't know how much I'm going to talk about this. Hopefully a lot. Uh, so there's this game called Kami Nazo, uh, which is basically a, uh, paper folding game. So, so it's, it's, it's on the switch and it, it has like a story progression to it. Uh, that looks like it has something to do with like these two kids that knew each other when they were younger and they kind of grew up. Um, and, and there's like some kind of like mystery puzzle surrounding these kids and they, they seem to have like numbers on them. I don't know if they actually have numbers on them or if that's just for the sake of the puzzle. Uh, but what's really cool is that you, um, when you buy this game, you basically go to their website and print out a bunch of paper and you do like little arts and craft kind of things. Not really arts and craft, but like you like will cut up paper, fold it, do some origami kind of stuff. And, and you solve puzzles using that paper in real life and doing those things in real life. And I think that's really cool. Uh, the developer apparently worked on some other game. I can't, I'm blanking on the name of it. That's kind of similar. It's like basically like an escape room game where you like have to print out maps and stuff and figure out some information based off those maps. I didn't like it as much, just if only aesthetically, it didn't look particularly nice. I think what really interesting, this, so this is what really interests me about Kaminazo, because like, Yes, I have Nintendo Labo stuff. Nintendo Labo is a cool thing from what I've played so far. I mean, I've only built the piano. So obviously I kind of have, you know, a feeling specific to that piano device that I've created. Um, but I kind of feel like with, with, with Labo, you have the build phase and then you have the game phase almost. Although with piano, it arguably is it even a game phase, you know, it's just kind of create music. Um, but it's like these very separate phases. They don't really like match. They don't really mash up anything. The build phase is just the build phase, and the game phase is just the game phase, basically. Um, and so Kami Nazo basically, you know, cr crushes these two things together. So you have the physical, real world object you're working with, and you're creating this thing. And when you're creating these things, it's solving puzzles in the game. And and you know whether the implementation is good or not is a whole other thing. But I, I like that concept. I like cramming those together and making what, at least on paper, on paper, at least, um, you know, I don't know how to say it, but on paper, um, um, you know, something that is going to be a bit more cohesive and consistent in terms of like what you're doing as a player and, you know, what you're doing having actual impact on what's going on in the game in terms of, you know, 
just solving puzzles and things like that. I'm not saying you're going to change, you know, the story or something like that based off of the, the origami you're doing. But I, I think that's just really cool that it kind of integrates everything together and makes it a part of the whole experience rather than having these very segmented periods of time. That and like, you know, when you do the origami stuff, it's cool. It's it, you know, provides its purpose. And, 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 and when you're done, you're done with it. Like, or at least, you know, from the impression I'm getting from from this trailer and what I've seen of the game and with like the Labo stuff, it kind of lingers. Cause like I have this piano over here. I'm never going to play this piano again. <laughs> like, I don't know, but it's on my shelf now. Cause like, what else am I going to do? Cause it's a video game controller now and I can't just throw out a video game controller. So I'm very excited for this game. It comes out on the 25th on in, uh, in Japan. Um, I, I I really couldn't find I I had um Rowan who's on the Gun Gauge podcast mentioned something about one of the games being in English. I wasn't sure if he was talking about the previous game or the Kaminazo, but I did see some other I think it was like the Nintendo Everything post or something like that that did mention it was going to have English support. So, you know, my hope is that on, you know, the 25th uh, that will be on the US eShop for me to, you know, purchase and try out. Um I I'm I don't like the concept really excites me and I'm sure probably the, you know, it's probably not going to be anything amazing. I, that's fine. I don't need it to be amazing. I just need it to be interesting. And, and it just really excites me. And I want to, I want to see that game. And even if it only comes out in Japanese, I might just go ahead and buy it and just start checking it out. Cause I really want to see it. Hopefully I don't forget about it. Like, you know, 15 days is longer than, you know, <laughs> longer than maybe my my personal interest keeps up with things because i'm very much just like doing one thing and moving on to the next thing that and i have so many other games i'm trying to you know i'm clogged up on games right now i mentioned it like you know not last week but the week before the the same games i mentioned that that podcast basically the exact same thing i i haven't moved on any of them so i'm hoping going you know soon i'll be moving forward on some of those games uh, there's also a Jet Girls trailer that I apparently missed. I think it happened like in early October. Uh, nothing really new there other than just, I, I think the game still looks really clean. And I'm still really hoping that, you know, the level design is really going to win me over. Uh, but what's kind of interesting is that they have uh, like little mini games in the game as well. So there's like deck scrubbing. So like it's the girl scrubbing the deck back and forth and then like a girl running on a treadmill and stuff. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I assume that's probably maybe to raise stats or something. I don't know why else you'd have those mini games in there. Other uh, than just like maybe like a silly side attraction kind of thing. I really like the Splatoon mini games where you like go and like during a load screen, you just play this mini game or like it's during matchmaking rather. Um, I, I, I wish more games did stuff like that, like something to play around with while you're waiting or something like that. Um, you know, admittedly, I think a lot of people probably just use their phone or in my case, I sit at my my desk when I play games. So I just, you know, use my PC um but it's nice to have like something especially when i'm playing like over voice chat with somebody i may not want to do something on my pc at the time it's it's nice to have like a little mindless thing to do on your actual like uh you know in the game while you're waiting for everybody to queue up and things like that so still excited for jet girls so this is actually an old story here but i had completely missed it apparently <laughs> and i don't know if i'm excited about this or not uh the famicom uh tante i don't know if i did I spell that right? Yeah, Famicom Tante Club. Uh, with I think it's like Famicom Mystery Club or something like that. Uh, is getting remade by by Mages, who does like uh, I think the Steinsgates uh, visual novels and some other stuff. But yeah, that's that's actually really exciting. If only because you know I love it when Nintendo gives some love to their 
their you know lesser known franchises and the Famicom Detective Famicom Detective Club I think is what it's called in uh the 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 previously localized name by fans um that that kind of stuff is always like super interesting to me especially something like that where it's like you know real life humans and stuff walking around that's very I don't know if I want to say realistic but it is realistically styled in terms of like you know, it's an anime style but you know they're realistic types of people I guess um, and this is a game that I was actually very interested in uh, a long time ago because there's a fan translation, I think the second game uh, on Super Nintendo. And I sat down and played a, a few minutes of this around the time I was getting individual novels. And unfortunately, I just never actually got through it. So so seeing the remake is is pretty exciting. And I'm really hoping that Nintendo will actually bring out over here. The visual novel market is so much more different these days that like I... I would expect that this gets localized, but at the same time, there's still enough cases where, like, I, like, is Nintendo in the business of bringing over a visual novel? I, I think those are the, the ones where I start questioning, like, when, when Capcom or Konami put, put out, like, you know, when Konami puts out Love Plus, or when Capcom puts out, uh, what's that game called? It's like the Mirror Man game, where you're, like, looking into the guy through the mirror and, like, you know, touching his hand and stuff. Like, like that's not really their U.S. market to to pursue. So, so I I worry that they just will be like, you know, maybe in the case of Nintendo, they'll be like, oh, it's a visual novel. We really don't want to do this here, kind of thing. But you know, my hope would be that if they don't want to do it, they let somebody else do it, like Pandora's Tower. And you know, I I forget who who brought Pandora's Tower over in the U.S. Oh my gosh, it was like a smaller developer or smaller publisher. Oh, I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. I'm blanking on their name. Um, anyways, so yeah, I'm, I'm, that's cool. I didn't realize that was announced that, like, I think it was a direct in early September. So I was like, oh, I just completely missed this, apparently. I used to watch uh, the Japanese direct alongside the U.S. direct, but the directs are kind of hard for me to follow these days. They, because I'm, at least my feeling is because I'm Pacific time, like, they usually kind of happen at inconvenient times. It's usually like during my work day or really early in the morning. And I end up having to watch them way later. So, so yeah. And the final news story here, uh, speaking of Love Plus, uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, we're finally out of Love Plus development hell and into actual Love Plus. And I think funny, funnily enough at that time, I said, into, like on accident, said we're into Love Plus hell now or something like that. <laughs> Because I was, I just had misspoke or something. Hey, Love Plus is broken. Love Plus Every is broken. Apparently, uh, there's a. I saw a handful of news stories today, uh, or not today, throughout the last week about just how like uh, they basically took the game down. And uh, as of I believe this recording, uh, it's still down. Uh, they they. They found a bunch of bugs at the start that basically made it so, like, every day you would get a, the daily reward for free. Or not every day. Uh, like, whenever you were logging in, you could just continue to, like, obtain the daily reward. And then also you would, like, do these challenge missions, but you wouldn't get credit for finishing them or you couldn't go into a different challenge mission and stuff. So, like, stuff was just broken. Like, we're taking it down for four hours, and it sounds like they kept delaying it and delaying it. Now they're just like, we're taking it down until it's fixed <laughs> is basically what it sounds like at this point. So, um... Yeah, it's uh, a little sad to see because, you know, I at least for me, um, it feels like Love Plus, that franchise kind of died with the 3DS releases. And if I recall correctly, the issues with the 3DS releases were almost always just technical issues. And I don't recall if they ever really patched those games up enough or if they patched them up if people came back to them and stuff. 
Um, so I'm curious to see if if this game can recover. I mean, we are we are in an industry where so many games recover from from poor launches. So so I'm I'm really interested to see if Love Plus Ever can turn it around. Um, yeah. I like the look of Love Plus, and it's a it, stylistically. I think it's a it's a fun series. The concept's cool. Um, I feel like it's a concept you don't see a ton of, just like the ongoing relationship kind of thing, rather than having like a static story. So, so I think that's. Uh, I think it's a fun franchise. It's it's a, like an interesting experiment. Um, the only other thing I can think of right now is Roommate Ryoko, which was like for the PlayStation One. But even that's a set period of time. It's like you basically spend. I think it's like six months with the roommate and uh, play it in real time or something like that. So, so yeah, I did look at some of the gameplay and um, there's something I noticed about how the camera works. It's like, so, so it looks like the beginning of the game is probably faithful to the original DS release, at least in terms of like, you know, the type of content that's happening. I think some of the art is literally just the DS art, but you know, cleaner or not cleaner, but like the source assets possibly. Um, and uh one thing that i noticed is and i don't i'm assuming this is probably intentional um when you're like sitting down beside nene and your your workplace kind of thing uh you, you're kind of very close to her and like slightly above her in a way that just to me feels very unnatural um i don't know if that's an intentional choice or just kind of that's just how it kind of ended up being um, it, it, it just looks weird to me, but when I look at like stuff like VR chat and how those kind of character interactions look a lot of the time when you're like sitting beside somebody there, there is that kind of like, you know, especially if you're a taller character model, like that weird kind of somewhat too close, but like above the, the character to some extent. And it, it reminds me a little bit of that. And I'm just like, maybe that is more accurate. I don't know. I don't sit beside people very often. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it just looks weird to me. And I, I kind of prefer the, the, in the original DS game, it's, it's a lot more head on. It's like you, you guys are, are like matching height level basically. And, and the, the interaction feels appropriately spaced but like you know there are also large enough like like i I think it has something to do with like how the environment is rendered because the other one's like 3d and the, the ds one everything's 2d so it feels like the space between you is a lot shorter in love plus area everywhere in the 2d one it feels like you're more in a room with space i don't know it's it's a weird thought like i had when i was watching it. it's just like this looks this looks uncomfortably close to them and it's like a weird above angle kind of thing. I don't know. I don't hate it. Like, it's fine. It's just like a weird observation I made uh, when looking at it. So, yeah. Whew. Thanks for coming. OneControllReport.com is the website. Uh, I finished Gun Valkyrie stream this week, which unfortunately I feel like with Gun Valkyrie, um, I I feel like I, I was learning the like the main mechanics of the game way too late like i think it's like literally the last level i found out you could use melee attacks to shoot yourself upward which seemed very very important um and i when i was watching the demo video at the end of the stream i was like oh they literally show you that in the demo video but it's not mentioned at the training or anything like that and and yeah i don't know i i kind of maybe that game just needed a better onboarding process is maybe what it is um but yeah, I, I basically just kind of 
finished that up and it was it was interesting um i didn't read any of the the, the files on it like there's like a, a series of like story files you could read there wasn't a ton of them just took like five minutes to read them all uh but it basically seemed like story wise it's basically about like dna experiments and the scientists going mad and and you have to hunt them down it wasn't a lot to the story but it was interesting to see uh but yeah what a uh, what a weird game i wish i um I wish I'd learned how to play it better sooner. Um, I could definitely invest more time into it if I wanted to, but I, you know, there's not any more content in the game. I looked up to see if there was a true ending because the ending seems kind of like bad, but it seems like that's just kind of the ending. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but I had fun with it, and so you know, if I if 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 you're looking at me frustrated or frustrated during that stream, uh, just know that the game can be good. I think you just need a better understanding of how the game should be played um first so fun game though fun game i like i don't regret playing it um so next week we're gonna have a dreamcast stream gonna basically just recreate what i did two weeks ago on my own or last weekend on my own whatever it was uh just gonna play a bunch of dreamcast games using my uh my vga box so so if you come by um this thursday at 7 p.m pacific time uh and and i'll i'll have like a list of my games posted either like i'll i'll post it in the the podcast notes here just for the sake of it but also i'll have it included on the stream and stuff uh and you can basically just you know look at my list of games and request we play something and uh and yeah we'll sit down and just play some some dreamcast games for a couple hours and then i think after that will probably happen we'll probably end up playing martian gothic just feel like the right time for that, but I'm still kind of thinking about it, and I'll I'll review what we've streamed lately and see if I I can find something else that feels appropriate uh, to stream at this time. But I think that's probably gonna be what's next. So yeah, I think that's it. Thank you again. If you listened to the Lost Kingdoms Two podcast last week, I really appreciate it. Again, thank you to Rowan and Elena for coming on. That was that was really nice of them. And, and I had a great time talking to them about a really neat series, a really unique series on the GameCube. Um, so if you haven't listened to it, I'd recommend it. But, you know, I, I can't force you to do it, but I would recommend it. <laughs> um, it, would, it would make me happy if you listen to it at least. Uh, so that's up. I'll go ahead and uh, um, I'll go ahead and link it at the end of the YouTube video at the very least. Um, and I'll, I'll link it in the podcast notes, too. Um, and then uh, I'm going to have this week um, a a video uh, a gaming pickups video so i'm going to go ahead and cover some of the games i picked up recently so that's going to be up on the website on wednesday um so hopefully you enjoy that uh a big chunk of today was working on that and then a big chunk of day was also working on stuff for when i was in japan and then now i'm finishing the day with this podcast literally been recording and editing all day uh audio video and all that good stuff also those two other things i have to render out were hour-long videos so they're gonna take like four hours to export which is gonna make me want to die uh i'll have to export them overnight or something like that so so yeah other than that i don't really have anything else to say right now so uh yeah i'll I'll let you guys know how things are are going in terms of you know games and stuff hopefully i hopefully i got time to play something new soon uh once i finish up this japan uh project stuff i think i'll finally be able to move on uh so so yeah we'll see all right thank you for coming wonkshowport.com is the, the website And I hope you have a great week. Bye.